to take part in it. Who's gonna who's already got their amount? Anybody? You got one? Thanks for being keen. So we now know we've given out four envelopes and Jen said she's also taking part. Anybody else gonna be doing it for the next seven days? Yeah? Anybody? Fantastic. So next week we'd love to have some time. Tessie's gonna share and we're gonna create some time as well because I'd love to have some stories of your your most mundane one and then the one that just rocked you. Yeah. And uh, also there's no rules. I mean, if you want to give 10 rand today and it works out, then give 100 tomorrow and then a grand the next day and then 10 grand the next day. Because you might, you never know. You might get it all, <laughs> you might get it all back. You never know, but it's, it's not really about that. Eh? Okay, so I'm going to read you guys a, a quote. Who um, thinks that the guy who wrote the shack is a heretic? Quickly. Good. So this is from William Paul Young. What if this is about a God who has a greater respect for you than for the plan? What if there is no plan for your life, but rather a relationship in which God constantly invites us to co-create to respectfully submitting to the choices we bring to the table. And what if this God who is love will never be satisfied until only that which is of love's kind remains in us? So just say the plan. I'm going to make you guys say things today. Okay, you're up for it. Yeah. I'm loving that jacket. It's mull. It's so like, it's cool. It's really cool. I appreciate it. I'm trying to go more flamboyant myself. I'm working on it. Yeah. Yeah. So five small steps. Okay. Small steps to being more bright, colorful. So say the plan. There isn't one. Okay. You got it. He wants a relationship with us. And the end, the, 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 the outcome of all this is that the only thing that would remain in each one of us is love. Isn't that beautiful? It's quite simple. That's the whole objective of the whole plan, of the whole thing. It's just that we all arrive at a place where we are the full embodiment of love. Because isn't that what God is made up of? Yeah. It's we, in His image, in His fullness, in His likeness, in everything, just the love of God is, just, is us. So when people define us and they talk about us, they say these are the ones that are simply love. Who wants that? Yeah. I think we all do, but we don't know how to get there. So hopefully we'll get there today. Yeah, hopefully. William Paul Young is quite controversial in a very small section of the southern part of America. The rest of the world love him, just for the record. I don't want to clear that up. Some people believe he shouldn't have written The Shack. <coughs> he depicted people in uh, he depicted God in as a woman and people didn't like it I like it because it was a story just for the record so I'm going to read a little bit about um, David today um, David had a wife who was Saul, one of Saul's daughters and um, he first got promised one and then he got given the, another one later. Saul sort of did, did one of those moves that you see all over the Bible on him. And uh, 
he got one of the daughters. And uh, I'm just going to pick up the story here. So Michael is, is his wife, and she's been his wife for a while, and that was the history of, of who she is and where she came from. But, um, so David was bringing the ark back into Jerusalem, into town. And they had, it had been out, I forget, I've, there's so, I've, there's, it was in so many different villages, I forget from which one it was coming in. But, so they decided, now finally it must come back into Jerusalem. And they must, he must bring the ark in. And David's obviously this worshipper, and he's so... He's so enamored with God's presence that he's just so excited. So it says here, As the ark of the Lord came into the, came into the city of David, Michael, the daughter of Saul, looked out the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. And she despised him in her heart. And they brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And David offered burnt offerings and, a peace, off- and peace offerings before the Lord. And when David had finished offering the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts and distributed among all the people the whole multitude of Israel, both men and women, a cake of bread, a portion of meat, and a cake of raisins for each one to eat. Then all the people departed, each to his house. He's still with me. Stay with me on this story. So he's brought the ark in, and she started despising him because he was, in, he was dancing in front of the ark. And then in verse 20 it says, And David returned to his household. But Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David, and she said this, How the king of Israel honored himself today, uncovering himself today before the eyes of his servants, his female servants, as one of the vulgar fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. And David said to Michael, I did this before the Lord who chose me above your father and above all his house to appoint me as a prince over Israel, the people of the Lord. And I will celebrate before the Lord. I'll make myself yet more contemptible than this. Some say undignified, and I will be abased in your eyes. But by the female servants of whom you've spoken, by them I shall be held in honor. And Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no child to the day of her death. Anyone heard that story before? Yeah, I think it's, it's a classic. Um, this is in 2 Kings, uh, sorry, um, 2 Samuel 16, I think. I've got it written down here now. I'll give it to you now. Um, I've just been pulling out of my highlights and I've been reading through the whole of Samuel, so I didn't even... Um, so let's go back a few clicks here. David was in his underpants and she didn't like it. And uh, about two weeks ago, I was standing here worshipping and uh, Craig was leading. And I just had this, I read this probably the day before, two days before, and I had this, it came to my mind and I just remembered this thing and I just then started to jump. And so I don't know about you guys, but um, Christian worship music, basically only, the only kind of dancing that ever happens to it is that bopping. <laughs> You've seen that? Yeah. So I was doing a bit of that, that bopping that happens. And... Um, it wasn't even a drum beat to, to bop to in this church. We still we put the drum kit there in faith. Um, and this came to my mind, and I just was so, I was made so aware of this phrase, it was before the Lord. So I wanted to talk to you guys about that today. Because how much of our lives is not before the Lord in the way we're approaching it? And how much of our lives is not before the Lord, but before people and uh, this girl Michael it's a very simple story but she she didn't get it she didn't get David's heart 
of being like he, he was an embodiment of worship. This guy David, that's what everyone knows David about. What he was, you know, what defined David was the worshiper, the one who knew God's presence like no one else had ever. And so we, all of us right here now, actually have David to thank for intimacy, you know, for like making a model of intimacy. And uh, so I don't know, I don't know if some of you are going to get to underpants, but I've been picturing this scene a lot. I think I don't think I've ever heard a preacher not say that their worst fear is to be preaching naked. It's not mine. I don't think it would be a big deal, Because eh? when we fully returned to to the acceptance of God and not man, then who cares, eh? Yeah. I'll just leave. I'll just throw things out, then I leave some time for you guys to chat. The um. <coughs> I want to pick up the story a little bit. A little while ago, um, someone said to me this word, this, this phrase, you are as good as your name. And she was talking to me about my name, Caleb. And I wanted to just tell you that that name can mean dog. That's brilliant. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Or Nina likes her dog. Yeah. Um, or it can mean faithful, devotion, wholehearted, bold, and brave. So on some days... <laughs> it is exactly it's, it's, derived, it's, a, it's derived from and uh, how many of you feel quite com- who feels comfortable in the, the thing that defines you whether it was the name you got or the upbringing or the experience yet feels like you're fully owning that I can look around the room and see the ones that I know are but I'd like to genuinely have an interest uh, I'm interested do you feel like you are in your, in your spot, your groove, you're in your place, you, you're owning it? Anybody? I've got a couple of hands. Yeah, yeah. Most days, those hands. Yeah, which is exciting, and I, I think we're all we're all trying to get there. Um, so what I'm telling you about my name was because for me this has been a massive thing because I actually didn't want to. Um, didn't want those things for a long time and to actually be given this name that you have, you have no choice over what they call you. It's unfair. <laughs> but yet when we discover God and His grace and we realize that it was actually in God's grace that your parents were able to stand aside and to call you what He was already calling you and to name you, you know, and to set you apart and to do things that He was intending that were bigger than what your parents thought was was fun in the ward. Because we had a terrible experience in the ward when we wanted to name Rafa. We asked the one nurse, what do you think of the name Rafa? And she said, what, like a raffle ticket? (laughs) (laughs) And we're like, it used to be such a beautiful name. (laughs) So... Because of her, we went on a whole tangent and we were going to call him Charlie for a while. And then we return to, to Hila. But God, God, over these years, God works into the crevices and the corners of our lives. And, he, and He's been doing that with me and He enables us to live into the things. And I think uh, I wanted to tell you a story. When I was about 10, um, 
my dad leads a church and there was this other guy who was leading the church and it was this horrendous kind of one of those things that only man can create where there was this big split of opinions and this guy wanted to go off and to do a different thing and my dad was going to carry on doing what he was doing in that church and so it's a classic church thing that you only the only only the the, the real kind of hurt that you guys can wait for because it's coming so at some point someone's going to try and say something that's different or this or that and it creates a lot of hurt and in that hurt um this guy attacked me and i was 10 and i was just 10 but i was trying to to take the the correct side which was my dad's side obviously i think you would all agree when you're 10 you'd lean towards you know no matter what your dad could be an idiot but you guys don't understand this guy's right and so this um this other guy sort of just he said some stuff and attacked me and um it was about three years ago that when i was doing one of these sozos which i highly recommend you guys all do it's a healing prayer facilitated healing prayer thing that we offer um god showed me that this guy's name you know and he said he's well first i asked god what am i afraid of and and the word popped up massive in front of me just said my calling and then secondly he said where did that fear enter your life and then he popped this guy's name into my into a cloud in front of me and i mean i haven't thought of this guy since i was since forever and then i got to pray and to just allow god to bring healing in this thing because i didn't realize that through this event i had made a vow that i would never let myself get hurt and never actually go walk into what god wants me to walk into because of what this guy had said to me when i was 10 and uh it's those kind of things that 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 pull us away from who we were destined to be and we were called to be it's those kind of things that we don't even know some of them are subtle and we need the holy spirit to open them up but others of them we are i could say to you some of you guys do you remember that defining moment where you you did make an agreement that you know is actually contrary to who you really are but you're willing to just keep it because it's more it's easier just it's because it's familiar so sometimes we are there there are things we know and other times there are things that we need the holy spirit to open up and and he opened up that for me and it's just been profound for me ever since and that's why he's seeing me stand here now three years about later and i've been wrestling with my own identity and, and and understanding who god's made me to be and called me to be and what he set me apart to, to do in my life and what that looks like every day at at uh at a, i don't know how if i can't give a, a range but i feel like i wrestle at, with that at a high level i think I just I'm intense. I need to know meaning. There has to be meaning and significance and purpose, and it, it just can't just be a good deed. It has to have. It's um, the type eight on the enneagram. So there can't be too many of us of us in the room. So I also know that no one here is going to sort of say yes. I'm with you. I'm also an eight because you probably wouldn't be here. You'd be doing this somewhere else yourself. Yeah, we've learned that through the Enneagram. I highly recommend uh, going to 16personalities.com and finding out a little bit more about yourself. It's free. But God's really kind, and He's been doing that with me and un- helping me unpack who I am and what that looks like. And um, it's, 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 it's uh, day by day just a little bit of a, being willing to make an agreement again to say, okay, God, so you've said these things over me, and I remember all the years saying yeah people have said to me you're very bold or you're brave or you're wholehearted you, you're devoted you're faithful because those are the things in the name and i i can tell you guys now i got that off off, off a um 
of the dictionary, effectively, of the Hebrew dictionary. But those are the, the, the specific words that I've heard from the youngest age of my life without anyone ever knowing what the, what the dictionary says about the name. And uh, I haven't liked it. They're nice words, but they're someone else's and they're not yours unless you've made them yours. And I think that's the process of, of growing up and discovering what God's called us to, to, to who he's called us to be. So, um, why I talked about David was because I think um, that for me is probably one of the most defining people that I've ever read about or known about my whole life is to aspire to have a worshipful life everything around me in that way and I think back to some of the, the earliest things I've ever done is just encounters with God in times of worship and just being completely abandoned to God and just recklessly before Him and uh, that story just got me it was just I just that's me that sums me up I, I don't I want Michael to say that to me you know what I mean I actually want to to hear that from her so that I I can I, I know that it's, it's gone to that level if I could say it like that it's gone to the level where it just looked a little bit too much for someone like what the kind of the worship we were, that I'm offering yeah so say worship with me I said I was going to make you say words say worship and in this, in this process um, the, the life of Jesus is coming into me moment by moment and I'm, I'm, I'm sharing all this stuff with you guys because I'm hoping from my own experience this is what's going to be happening with you and we're being changed and transformed in our flesh in our very flesh by His Spirit that dwells within us so it's coming from out of us in, and, it's, and he begins to embody us. Makes sense? And we become the embodiment of his spirit, which is love at the end. And that's how it looks. That's, what, that's the fruit you can begin to measure. Uh, the, the future me, the one that is the perfect, ultimate picture of love, is busy bashing in, breaking in to the present me. We always talk about what does it look like when the kingdom is coming. It's, a, it's the future age of perfection, of no pain and suffering and everyone knowing the love of God coming in the broken age right now. But yet we also believe that they, 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 they exist simultaneously, they coexist. If we didn't believe that, if we didn't hold that mystery, it would be hard for us to carry on having faith. So we believe that the future age is coming in and I, I'm bringing this more onto a personal level for us is that the future you is already decided in God's spirit. The future us is already defined and decided and established in God. And how much of that we want to walk into is really up to us. How much of, a, of that we want to enjoy is up to how much we're willing to risk and sacrifice and journey and do things like sozo and be unashamed and read and explore and do a seven-day generosity challenge and become defined by what we, what we know deep in our spirits is really who we are. Would you agree? Yes? No? Are you up for it? No? No, you're not. I know you're not. We would look different. It's like this thing that we, 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 we when we talk about the, the, the Catholic view on taking the sacrament, they believe that, the, that the, the, the wine and the bread actually is the body of Jesus. That's why no one can just um, serve it. It has to be someone who, who understands their doctrine to be able to, to serve and to offer this to you because... 
it's actually the body and the blood of Jesus being given to you. And so this, this picture for us is so healthy, because, helpful because we get to have a perspective where as we eat and as we drink, we actually are on a molecular level becoming more and more defined by Christ and less and less defined by our fears and our past and, our, and ourselves before we were in loving relationship. Everybody's already in Christ. We've just, do, we've just discovered the freedom of knowing that already. And the relationship with... So it's not a matter of like you're in or you're out. It's more about do you know and are you enjoying? So we're busy saying I want to know and I want to enjoy more and I want to d- discover more of who God is right now for me in this moment. So we've got to do things like that start to shape us in that way. Prayer does that for us. Every time you pray, you're saying, I'm going to let go of what I want to do right now and I'm going to allow this time of prayer to shape me on a molecular level. It's going, to, it's going to literally reform you. So you have reformed thinking and that's a big word in the church. But this is exactly what's happening to each one of us. So I'm going to read you a quote about prayer. A guy called George Maloney. As we progress deeper in prayer, we grow more intimately in union with God as Trinity, the core of reality, and we begin to live in the power of that burning love which surrounds us in all things and permeates the depths of our being. Prayer moves away from a doing act to becoming a constant state of being in His love. Isn't that beautiful? Prayer moves us from being in a doing act to being in a being place of knowing His love and being there. There's nothing like prayer that, will, that, that can do that for us. Now, how many of you saw the books that we put on the table there? I really urge you guys to have read that book by the 8th of November. Because Alexander's coming for the weekend and it'll be amazing if we've all read it. So they're 260 rand to buy or you can take one and you must return it. And if you are taking one, you have to put your name on that list that's there. Don't steal. And there'll be a reminder to you if you take one on a borrow basis, it'll come as a reminder saying you can either now pay or you can now bring it back and we'll hand it to the next person because you haven't read it. And you're lazy. We'll put the word lazy at the end of the message. How many of you guys have an active prayer life? Would you say? Who prays more? Who pray? Okay, let's do it like this. Can everyone quickly stand? Okay. If you pray for... Um, I've just got to get my maths right here. If you currently pray for... How's this going to work? Uh, yeah, I'm just logging into XE. Um, if you... I want the ones who longest to be standing at the end. <laughs> Dave, help me. I've, I can't. I'm, not, I'm into other arts. I'm into the arts. Hmm? Maths is not... Okay, if you pray once a day, can you sit? Less than one, sorry, it's always less than. Ray, help me, I'm on that. I got it, I got it. No, any, anything. I just think if you're having an active prayer time, if you pray once a day, uh, or less, is it right, right? Less. Less than once a day, then you must sit. Yeah? And then if you pray, yeah, that's fine, sir. You can be standing at the end, that's fine. If you're praying twice a day. Twice a day. 
can sit five times a day. <laughs> yeah, you guys got to what I was trying to do there. Eh? You guys got it. I just, I just completely can't do the maths right now. I'm sorry. And Jonathan, you must have months of prayer in every day <laughs> by this point. So the, what I was trying to get to was the ones who are praying a lot were standing. And then I want you just to look at them. And then I want you to, to start to imitate them. Okay. Yeah? What is... Um, I was reading this week, Paul talking about the, 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 the power of imitating something you want to be like, you know? So, I'm going to read you another quote quickly. Or I won't be a lot longer. <coughs> this is the guy who wrote this book, Alexander, the book on the table there. To become fully human and fully alive as God's shining icon on earth is to be formed, conformed and transformed into Christ's character. And his charisma as the new Adam. Say new Adam. Say new Eve. That's who you guys are in Christ. The quintessential human being. Say quintessential. That's what you are right now. You are the quintessential human beings. You are the ones who know the purpose of your very maker. That's the quintessential human beings. Self-fulfillment is part of it, but, but maturity is the whole of it. Can I say that one again to you? Yeah. Self-fulfillment is part of it, but becoming mature is the whole of it. Isn't that profound? Because becoming mature is missional. That's God's kingdom may come in and, in and through us into the world to the ends of the earth for the renewal of all things. More so, maturity is for eternity. So in this life, we, as we become mature, we are training to reign for all the ages to come. So we're moving away from just allowing God's kindness and love to make us feel fulfilled to becoming mature, which is, say, going. It's missional. Anybody? Nobody said it. Thank you. And we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness, to have the full assurance of hope until the end, so that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through the faith and patience inherit the promises. I think the ones who are praying amongst us are the ones to imitate for a start. I just want to read you another thing that William Paul Young said. I'm reading a book, very good book, I, I recommend it to you. It's called The Lies We Believed About God. God does not heal us so that we can be used. God heals us because He loves us. And even as we stumble toward wholeness, God invites us to participate and play. He doesn't heal us to use us. He heals us because He loves us. And He is the embodiment of love. And His whole objective is to move us towards becoming like He is. Just completely defined by love. Completely defined by love. It looks like acceptance. It looks like no judgment. It looks like everybody who's around you feeling something distinctly nice. So who or what we worship, whether it's God or idols, over time incarnates itself into our bodies and its members. And it forms us into its image. So if we worship free time or TV time or trail running or our job or whatever, those things will eventually incarnate us. And we will eventually become like the, 
those things, a person or an, or an idol. And so I don't know exactly, I mean, on the, on the outside, you won't physically look like a TV, but on the inside, what will define you is you're a TV. Yes, it's possible. You, I think it, it, it literally it, it is happening on levels that we don't even necessarily understand all the time. Yeah. So let's stand. I'm going to close with a quote. This is the end. We're not doing a, a game. David, can you, can you come do some piano solo? Yeah, we're going to just pray. It would be amazing. Thank you, David. Okay, listen to this. Close your eyes with me and listen to this. I've been talking about this and I want to just close with this beautiful quote by Pedro Arupe. Nothing is more practical than finding God. That is, than falling in love in a quite absolute final way. What you are in love with, what seizes your imagination, will affect everything. It will decide what will get you out of bed in the morning, what you'll do with your evenings, how you'll spend your weekends, what you read, who you know, what breaks your heart, and what amazes you with joy and gratitude. And then he says, fall in love, stay in love, and it will decide everything. So come Holy Spirit, we want to be set apart as lovers, as the embodiment of love, because you first loved. We want to be living our lives as David did in that beautiful comment that he said back to Michael. He said, it was before the Father. So let that be what shapes us and defines us and sets us apart, Father. That we would be doing every and anything we are ever up to as if it was before you. Because you are so wonderful. So, yeah, just come Holy Spirit right now. We're going to have just, let's say we're going to have just two minutes and we'll, we'll close. So I feel like in this two minutes is a chance for us to just begin to say some new things to God of abandonment, of agreement to the love that we've experienced of, of His on our lives and to our desire to be wanting to be people who are a living response to His love. So as you stand there, uh, other things are coming through your mind and different, what am I going to do in this scenario? What's the future going to look like? Whatever. Just park those thoughts and allow this moment to, to settle something much more meaningful and more valuable to make an agreement with the desire to become mature and move past just feeling a bit fulfilled by His presence. But the mature place of the believer of being on a mission because of God's love. So come now, Spirit of love, and move amongst us. Come move amongst us. Do something in our hearts that my words couldn't say or Dave's piano couldn't bring, just only by your Spirit. Come and move amongst us and shift things in, in, in each one of our hearts, in our thought life. Come and move amongst us right now, Spirit of love. And I, and I, and I pray that we'd get a, just even a glimpse, a sense of at a molecular level us getting reformed renewed by your spirit right now in the, in, in the very image of love itself 
the love and the acceptance of the Father that's on each one of us right now would begin to define us. And we thank you for your kindness and your gentleness, the way you do this, God. We're never too far, that there's never, never anything that can't be redeemed by your love. Read this, I listened to this cool podcast and one of the comments a guy said this week was being moved from being something to being a nothing. And I just feel like that's something we need to declare again that some of us are believing we're a something and the beautiful place we get to is to being moved by God to becoming absolutely nothing against who He is. And as we agree to that then He moves us from nothing to something again. So we thank you, God, that it's by your Spirit that we're going to be formed. It's by your Spirit we're going to be formed and built up and established. And those of you that got rich today, it's by your Spirit, God, that you're going to form and do this thing as we abandon ourselves to you. Yeah, I want to just tell you, those of you that got rich, you have to start giving because the dam will um, get stagnant with all that money you've got. Just give some of it away today. Start today. So we're going to close there. If you anything that was shared or said today was impacting you and the Spirit's on you, come and a couple of us will pray with you. Otherwise, please have a lovely Sunday and it was great to be together. Dave's going to keep playing for a bit and you can stay in this posture of worship. Feel free to go at any time.